0: We're going to get into the word this morning. We've been talking about family uh, for a couple of weeks, and I believe that we're going to endeavor to bring it to a close today. Uh, But there's several things the Lord's put upon my heart. This may not be a very pointed sermon, even though there's several points that you will receive. Today, I'm going to be really sharing from my heart because I believe there's certain specific areas dealing within the family unit that God wants us to, to deal with and touch on today. I believe he's going to minister to some of you, uh, dealing with certain things in your own personal lives, in your household, in your in your walk with the Lord, concerning your own personal calling. But today is a day where I believe that since we're celebrating the birth of a nation I'm always humbled at this time, you know, I, I, I really am a man that enjoys celebrating holidays and celebrating different things, remembering certain, certain moments, it's important for us to do so. It's important to take moments to pause and to reflect and to honor where people where honor is due. It's also a good time to remember, you know what, there's some things that, you know, springtime comes around, what do you do in your house? Hopefully... Spring cleaning is a word that comes to mind, right? And what, what do you do when there's spring cleaning? You see things that you're like, hmm, it would be nice if I kept up with this all along. But nonetheless, now that I see it, I'm going to deal with it. It's getting out, it's getting cleaned, it's getting cleansed. We're getting this fresh smell in the house. We're getting rid of the junk. We'll get new stuff if we need to, whatever it is. You know, I know this is a natural mindset, but I'm telling you sometimes you need a spiritual cleaning and a cleansing, but you have to take a pause in order to see it. So a day like today, the 4th of July, we take a moment to reflect and honor what God has done in this nation. I thank God for what men and women have done. Hear me. I thank God for the sacrifice of so many generations and so many men and women and and the prayers that have gone into this nation and continue to this day. I'll share more on that after I pray. But I'm telling you, there's something that stirs in my heart when I think about a nation that God has established. And I don't believe that we take that lightly. We don't take it as we idolize our nation. We don't idolize a a political agenda. We don't idolize a man or a woman. But I believe that God has a true destiny for this nation. And we are a part of it. God has called us to be here, born in this nation or brought to this nation for a reason. And we better be a part of that mission that God has called us into. Are you part of the kingdom family, a kingdom mission today? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for all that you are and all that you are doing in our lives today. God, I pray that over these next few moments, we would be humbled in our hearts, that we would allow our spirits to be silenced so that they can receive all that you have for us today. Lord, work in this place. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you to come and transform us today, God. We recognize our frailty. We recognize our strength. Lord, we ask for you to come and move in this place today. Transform our minds. Open our eyes to see you, Jesus, in a greater measure. Greater measure today. Jesus, show up and show off in this house. Let your truth come forth so that you can be revealed by your spirit. Open up our ears to hear what your spirit is saying. Right now, I speak to that. Lord, I speak to every ear in this place, every spiritual ear and every natural ear. I thank you that there is a release from all blockage and all all confusion, all clogging right now, that there would be a draining, Lord, of, of everything that would try to obstruct what your spirit is trying to do and trying to say right now. Let your spirit move in this place right now release the hearing of your spirit right now god release the ears god release the ears to our spirits lord open up our hearts today that we could receive revelation lord the only revelation that comes from you lord and take over my words this morning god so that you would truly be glorified holy spirit we need you god we need you jesus be honored in this house that's your word Make yourself manifest in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, and God's children said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Again, how many of you are glad that you are born in a free nation? I'll tell you, you know, some things, you know, you could could try to dice it up however you want and say, you know, or our freedoms aren't what they used to be this that and the other thing bottom line is you're as free as you want to be today you're as free as you want to be that works both in the kingdom and the natural in this nation as well as in the spiritual you're as free as you want to be if you want to receive freedom from god just receive it open your hands and receive it. is that too simple he freely gives We're we're told to freely receive. And then as we receive, we in turn freely give. There's a perpetuity to it. Yeah, yeah. you know what I'm trying to say. The word that keeps on going. (laughs) I know that the Spirit is at work inside of us as a people, and I'm not trying to get high and lofty or too abstract this morning. I want to look at you personally, look at you in the eye and say, I recognize that there's a fight that goes on. There's a fight and a battle that is going on in our nation. Yes, we can sense that on a higher level, but we can also sense that on the ground level within our homes. I don't know about you, but over the past couple of weeks, definitely months over the past year for sure but definitely something over the last couple of weeks i felt that has been stirring inside of my heart as as a call to arms so to speak uh because of uh, different different things that i've sensed in the spirit over my own home over my own life different things that come we know that spiritual warfare is real i'm not one that looks under every rock Under every bush for for a spirit to cast out. I'm not looking for that. No, I believe that as a child of God, I walk with the anointing of God, the protection of God, and there's no harm that can befall me. But I also know that the enemy never gives up. And because of that, we have to be wise we have to be those that confront things as necessary. And there's sometimes when there's open doors in our lives, in our homes, in in areas around us where we need to close doors and we need to be vigilant about certain things so that God can have his way and the enemy cannot come and disrupt or distract. Do You understand what I'm saying? The distractions have to go. I'm saying that not as a statement, but as a prophetic declaration over you. The distractions have to go. The distractions have to go that rob us from true joy in Jesus, that rob us of the call that he has placed within us, the rob- robbing us of the joy that he wants us to have as a family, individually, within our marriages, the relationships that we have, our friendships. I'm telling you, the, the enemy is at work He's always at work, but we don't glorify that enemy. Today, I remind you that on this day of freedom, of where things were conquered, be remembered or be reminded, remember that the Lord has conquered everything. That upon that cross 2,000 years ago, Jesus put the nail in the, so to speak, proverbial coffin. He, he, he put the nails through his hands, and the blood came down from him. We took communion today to take part of that new covenant that says, you know what? Today, we walk in freedom. Today, we don't walk in shame. Today, we don't walk in lack. Today, we don't walk in bondage. But today, we walk in the glory and the power and the authority of God. His blood not only sets us free, but it gives us blessing and authority. The enemy no longer has authority. Why? Because he's not covered in that blood. That lamb, that spotless lamb was provided for us. And so that, that curse has passed over us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That curse has passed over us today so that we can walk in freedom, coming out of exile from an old life into a glorious promised land. I believe that this nation is a land of promise. I'm not saying it replaces Israel by any sense. Don't hear what I'm not saying, if I said that correctly. But I believe that this nation, this nation is a land of promise. I believe that there's some things that we need to be vigilant about concerning this nation. You know, I think about those that came over on boats, you know, that, that came over uh, in, in, in tremendous stress in tremendous sacrifice. Why? Why did they do that? Were they just simply hoping for something better? Perhaps that was a little bit of it. Perhaps they were looking for some type of revolution. You know, you get into a spirit and you kind of go with the tide. You know, that we see that in our society today. You have a, you have a popular opinion or a popular agenda and all of a sudden you get a few charismatic people together and they begin to convey a message and people join alongside with that message. And then it becomes popular, right? And because we're, we're creatures of habit that like to get in lines, we, we fall and follow sin because we don't want to be left out. We don't want to be left out, and so that's how things form. And then over time, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, whatever that agenda is begins to become part of who we are. Because given, given, given time, whether you're, you're speaking truth over yourself or a lie over yourself, eventually you're going to believe one or the other. You speak lies long enough, you're going to believe the lie. You speak truth long enough, you're going to believe that truth. That's just the way it is. And so there's a lot of people that believe a lie today because of an agenda that's been been brought before them. But I'm telling you, God's agenda has never ceased. God's kingdom agenda for this nation has never ceased. I believe it's more than just a desire to come out of the tyranny of a, of a, of a king or a queen or, or under the bondage of a, a, a hierarchical ruler or some sort, or this, this, this abstract idea of a paradise land. I believe that the Holy Spirit placed within men and women a desire and a dream to be able to go into a place to receive the fullness of freedom from God, to be able to worship freely the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that a land would be set in motion or or declared as God's, declared for the Lord so that we wouldn't lift our, our hands, we wouldn't lift our hearts, we wouldn't worship at the altars of Baal but we would worship at the throne of the King of Glory. I believe that's how we were founded. I know that there's all kinds of other people that were on those boats. I understand that, but I believe that God is more powerful than any other plan, any other name, any other agenda. I believe this nation is not done. Are you hearing me this morning? Don't believe a lie that says we're too far gone. We'll never make it. You know what? Let's be honest, friends. Those of you that have been around for a while, things look a little bit different, just slightly different. I understand things are moving a little bit faster, but it's the same battle, friends. It's the same battle, different faces. It's the same battle, different package. It's the same war. We need to go into battle and declare victory in our city, in our nation, for our children and our children's children. This is a day we celebrate freedom. Let's walk in the freedom that Christ provides. I wholeheartedly believe that God's design for freedom and a vehicle for freedom comes through the foundation of family. I believe it starts in the home. I believe if we don't have freedom in the household, if we don't have freedom between husbands and wives, there isn't going to be freedom in a nation. Men of God, if there's not freedom in your heart, there's not going to be freedom in your marriage. If there's not freedom in your marriage, your children aren't going to experience freedom. If your household's not experiencing freedom, this church, family, together, corporately, is not going to experience freedom. It all happens in the home. It all happens where God says, I call you together. It's not good for man to be alone. You need some help, one with another. But also when you come together, it's not just to come together to be yourselves separately, but you come together as one flesh. As one flesh, he called man and woman to come together as one flesh to be able to multiply the seed that God placed inside. There's a multiplication that happens as the family is dwelling in harmony and in health. When there is health, things multiply. When there isn't health, there's no life. There's only death. There's no reproduction. Let's be honest. What happens in a home? I'm not trying to get graphic this morning or try to get your mind to wander. But husbands and wives, if there's disharmony, if there's discord in the home, what's one of the first things that ceases? Intimacy. Intimacy. It's hard to be intimate when there's disharmony in a home, when there's discord in a home. I'm telling you, men of God, women of God, fight for your relationships. Fight for your marriage. We read in Ephesians chapter 3 a while back talking about how God set this in motion for families coming into this this new creation of God and and his design, his destiny of family. But then in Ephesians chapter 5, it goes into this long discourse. I'm not going to read it today. I'm just touching on this as we get into a few other things. But he talks about the family unit and the marriage unit. The marriage unit. He talks. To, Paul talks at length about this beautiful picture of a husband and a wife. And what does it represent? It represents God's heart for us. That the picture of marriage is supposed to represent God to humanity. That there's supposed to be a serving. There's supposed to be a mutual love and a mutual respect. It's not chapter and verse used to allow there to be a man that has a lordship or tyranny over a woman but it is used to show extreme love in a circular motion that the the husband loves the wife and the wife loves the husband and there's a beautiful reproduction that happens as it continues. Sometimes I think in society we feel that as a Christian, the best thing to do is to be an unselfish person. If you were to ask or take a poll of a lot of people, most people would think, you know, a good representation of being a Christian would be unselfish because that's that would be loving, right? It would be loving to be unselfish. And hear me, there's 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 truth to that, but that's not the full truth. The main... Virtue that we represent as Christians is love. Period. The main representation is love, and how that's represented can come across in unselfishness. But I believe that that word gets us hung up sometimes. We think that if we are we are not selfish, if we 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 berate ourselves, or maybe that's not the right word, if we. If we inflict ourselves or or we sacrifice or if we suffer, then we're doing something good for the kingdom. We're doing something good. Sometimes in relationships, we feel that as long as I sacrifice for this relationship, I constantly sacrifice for the other person, I am showing love. I'm telling you this morning, that's a partial truth. That's only a partial truth. Why? Because God has called us to be full. He has called us to be whole. There are times where, yeah, we have to put our pleasures and our desires aside. But the Lord continually, you watch what Jesus did. Yeah, he gave everything. Yeah, he told us to deny ourselves and to take up our cross and to follow him. But what did it mean to truly follow him? When he came across on the scene, he didn't just simply come and just sacrifice everywhere he went. He came and he served. He came and he loved extravagantly. He came and he allowed people to come to him. There was a mutual relationship when he came on the scene. As we follow him, we walk in that way as servant leaders. We walk in that way in the home. As Christ loved the church, we serve not just simply out of sacrifice, but because we love. We serve and sacrifice out of love, not the other way around. That's what I mean by there's a a partial truth if we just look at being unselfish this morning. And when we come to that place where love is the motivation for all we are, then trust goes from here to here. Why? Because you don't trust somebody just simply because they sacrifice for you all the time. You trust them because you experience love from them all the time. Love truly does conquer all. Love truly does cover a multitude of sins. Love truly does come on the scene and allows us to come into a harmony that causes demons to shake, mountains literally to tremble before us. God is family. We talked about that over these past couple of weeks. I'm not going to go over the points we went over. If you want to listen to the last couple messages, please do. Please do. You remember those T words, any of you, some of them? The first one was trust, and I already mentioned that today. So that's one of the key ingredients, and that's one that really I want you to focus on. Because so if we have trust, then all the others fall into place. The triumph, all the, all, all the different things that, that come through in family comes from that place of trust. We are kingdom family this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love the way that the Lord, or excuse me, that, um, that how many of you know David Harwood? He wrote the book, the love, and he had the Love of God Project. He's ministered here before in the school and different things. I love what he wrote about the relationship within the Godhead. And this gives us an awesome picture when we're talking about kingdom family. He explains that the Son and the Spirit give the church to the Father. So Jesus and the Spirit give the church to the Father as a household of children. The Father and the Spirit give the church to the Son as a bride. And the Son and the Father give the church to the Spirit as a human temple. I'll say that again so that you can see this beautiful picture. The Son and the Spirit give the church to the Father as a household of children. The Father and the Spirit give the church to the Son as a bride. We are His bride. And the Son and the Father give give the church to the Spirit as a human temple. We are a family. We're a beautiful family. Where each one working together creates something extremely powerful. I believe that when we receive the gift of salvation and allow the Spirit to transform us, There is a family that is formed within us. We're a part of that new family. We become literally part of God's dreams. We become the Father's children, the Messiah's bride, and the Holy Spirit's temple. Hallelujah. As I was preparing this past week, I know over the last couple of weeks I mentioned the scripture in Isaiah where it talks about God being who he is, or is it Psalms, uh, where he places the lonely in families. That's who God is. He's a God who ministers to the widow, who ministers to the orphan, and he places the lonely within families. But I kind of kind of moved on from that a little bit quickly, and I believe the Lord highlighted that to me over this past week. And I believe there's some of you even here today, maybe you're watching online, but there's an element of loneliness that you've been dealing with for quite some time, and the Lord wants to touch on that today. Is that okay if we talk about loneliness for a minute? Statistically, even prior to COVID, loneliness has been an issue in our nation. People deal with loneliness all the time, but prior, if I were to take statistics as I was looking over them, I'm not going to go through things and bore you this morning, but I know some of you like numbers and you're going to receive some. About 25% of people dealt with Loneliness in a strong way, almost to a point of depression, to a point of suicidal tendencies in 2019, another 10 to 20%, maybe even 30% would say, I sometimes deal with loneliness. And that's about the, na- the natural baseline of, of humanity, dealing with lo- loneliness every now and then, but a quarter of the population dealing with it a little bit more than average During COVID, that that number spiked. Obviously, because of isolation, naturally it caused some separation. And we're still dealing with that today, and that's why I'm addressing it. Perhaps a little bit late to the game as far as addressing this. I don't think we've just simply glossed over it. But I'm telling you, loneliness is a real thing. That number spiked to where close to 75% of all Americans... This is a U.S. national poll. 75% dealt with some level of of loneliness. And still to this day, right now, instead of 25%, a third of those in the nation are dealing with heavy loneliness, depressive loneliness, places where you feel like you don't want to work. You don't have a a means of living. You don't have any, any purpose in being here. And it's not something that these people are bad people. Nobody's bad just because they feel lonely. Lonely is a hard emotion to deal with. It really is because you can be lonely in the midst of a crowd like this. You can be lonely in the midst of throngs of people. What I want you to know today is that in this family, even though there may be some people that haven't extended their hand completely to you, I want you to know it's okay to be vulnerable in this house. It's okay to be vulnerable one with another. We're not going to try to simply medicate anyone today. (laughs) We're not going to simply try to say it's okay to stay there and and, and be in that place and, and, and not come into freedom. No. But I'm telling you right now, church, let's rise up and rise to the occasion. If you're doing well, praise God for you. If you don't deal with loneliness, you're in that other 25% or top 20% that isn't dealing with these things on a regular basis. Praise God for you. But can I tell you, let's love like Jesus loved. Let's come down to the place of serving those that are dealing with this emotion called loneliness. Dealing with this thing that leads into depression and anxiety and and worry and fears and keeps people in in intense bondage. Anxiety isn't the initial thing that comes over a people. It's loneliness that starts first. It's the lies of the enemy that causes people to be bound. But I'm telling you, love is the thing that allows those chains to break. Love continues. Love endures however long it takes to allow that loneliness to be overcome. How many of you know that sometimes the Holy Spirit does something and sets people free in an instant? There's other times where you need to sit by and continue checking in and 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 checking in in until, until there is that breakthrough. Love endures. Love endures, family. Love endures, Fire Church. And if you haven't got a, a personal phone call recently, know that that's not an intentionality upon the people of this house. But I'm saying as as a shepherd over this house, let's take a next step. Let's let's move up, Fire Church. Let's move up to the place where we look around and see, okay, there's some empty seats this morning. There's some because people are on vacation. But there's other places where people are extremely lonely and they need reached out to. I'm telling you, there's others that are in here today that you're feeling lonely and we want to pray for you today. We want to pray for deliverance for you today because I believe the Lord places the lonely within families. He doesn't want us to live in that place where we think we have to do it alone. We were never intended to, and we shouldn't operate in that motive or in that in on that vehicle. The vehicle should be a place of unified strength. It should be a place where we are accepted and loved. Yeah, truth is spoken. Hard words may need to come across at times, yeah. But you know what, I am, I am not just simply validating your emotion today. I'm saying that it is true, but now that we've identified it, let's deal with it. Now that I can say, you know what, it's okay if I felt lonely. It's okay, I believe even those top 20% that say that I don't deal with this on a regular basis, every single one of us has at least a thought at one point in our life you have that sense of loneliness. If you've ever led anything, you felt lonely. If you've ever, you've ever been in a place where you pioneered something, establishing a business for the first time, you felt lonely. If you've ever done something that you've never done, your family's never done, maybe you went to college for the first person in your family, maybe you did something, I'm telling you, there were some lonely people that came across those boats when they came to America for that first time. I'm sure they felt lonely on that boat when they started seeing people getting sick and perhaps dying on the way over. Perhaps loneliness began to set in. I'm telling you, life has its way of trying to make us lonely, but the enemy, that's what he wants you to, to feel. Because that's, that's premonition, that's, that's kind of setting the stage for what is his end, a place of loneliness, a place of, of, of being apart from God. Loneliness is the opposite of God's design and destiny for us as his creation. He calls us into fellowship. He calls us into his presence forever. Hell is being apart from God. That's what hell is. Forget the flames. Forget all the gnashing of teeth. Yeah, that's a great representation. But being apart from God, that is hell. Loneliness is Hell. That's why I'm saying if you're dealing with loneliness today, that's the the enemy against God trying to work in you and trying to bring his culture into your life. Reject it at all costs today. Reject it at all costs today because your destiny and your design as his creation is to come into fellowship and to come into family. He calls the lonely into families. He calls the lonely into families. You want to see God's nature? Time and time again, he encourages his people. Don't you believe that God's an encourager? He's not one that constantly brings people down. If you think that's who God is, we have a wrong picture of God. If you think you have to be scared of a judge, even though he is our judge, hallelujah, he is a just and righteous judge, but if you think he's just one that's ready to bring the hammer down on you at every moment, that's not who he is this morning. He's a God that wants to extend his heart of mercy and give grace as he gave his only son to die for us. That's the God that we serve. Think about it. Joshua 1.5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. God comes on the scene to encourage you at that point where you're just before your breakthrough. You're just before your promised land. You're just at that point of the most intense battle and you need that word of encouragement. That's the God that we serve. If you're not hearing that and you're in the midst of a battle, you're not hearing God yet. Maybe you need to hear it from your brother today. I'm telling you, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's what Jesus says to you today. Man may fail you, but God will never fail you. Even as the natural family of God in this place, we may fail you from time to time. You can count on it. You can count on it. But can I tell you, God himself will never fail you. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Hallelujah. In 2 Timothy 4.16, no one stood by me the first time I defended myself. Paul speaking, all deserted me. He was left alone. He was imprisoned alone. But you know what? He felt something different. But the Lord stayed with me and gave me strength. The Lord stayed with me and gave me strength. Maybe people can't go to prison with you. Maybe people can't be imprisoned in your thoughts, in your mind prison today. But Jesus is right there with you saying, I have broken every chain. I have unlocked every door. And I brought you in that place where I never leave you. I never forsake you. I stand there with you to strengthen you. If you're in prison today, the Lord says, I'm here. I'm here to strengthen you and set you free. Jesus, knowing these words would be important, towards the end of his life, before he goes to transfiguration, what does he say in Matthew 28 verse 20? And behold, I am with you always. Always. To the end of the age. To the end of the age, I am with you always. I send my spirit because I'm so passionate about this, of not leaving you nor forsaking you, that I literally want you to be embodied with my presence. I literally want to be one with you in the flesh, inside of the flesh. What communion is better than that, than to take on the blood, to take on the body, and to know that his presence is inside of me, living and operating through me. Come on, church, that's something to get excited about. The Holy Spirit is inside of us, constantly empowering us, constantly speaking truth. Every word that is in this Bible is inside of you, even if you've never read it before, because he is word, he is life, and he will bring freedom to you. The word of God, when you read it, why does it begin to stir and begin to cause fire inside of your belly? It's because it's reading what he is saying, that's me. That's me. That's like a mom getting, getting excited at graduation. You guys have been to some graduations over the last couple of weeks. That's my boy. That's my girl. That's my boy. That's, that's me. That's my family. That's, that's, that's us that you're talking about. You start reading that word and it begins to cause life to come up inside of you. It resonates because it's like a tuning fork. When you hit that same note, it hits the other notes and begins to resound. It's beautiful. That's the church of Jesus Christ. When the family of God comes together, when we worship on a Sunday morning, it's like each and every one of us are those tuning forks. We're hitting that thing and we're saying, glory unto God in the highest. King Jesus be exalted. And when we say that, all of a sudden those waves begin to to, to shake in this place and those sonic waves go through the house and there's harmony happening. Tuning forks are are making noise all over the sanctuary. It's a beautiful thing. Sound is a powerful thing. It's an amazing instrument to see things. How many of you have seen those, uh, I'm getting on a little rabbit trail, but those YouTube videos where you play sound and then that, that magnetic sand or whatever sand begins to take shape and all that kind of stuff? It's awesome to see how sound waves begin to, to perfect things or, and move things into, to shape and existence. It's not a coincidence that it's by God's voice that things came into existence. It's not by coincidence that he said, let there be light and there was light. As his voice speaks, things are established. And as he speaks to us today, today, he says, you are my family from me are all things and to me are all things, as we sang about it today. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, my desire for you is to love one another as I have loved you. Can we read that? Let's go ahead and find that. Hallelujah. Turn with me to Luke chapter 22. Actually, no, John. John chapter 15. We'll skip Luke. John chapter 15. And all the ladies said, I love the love chapters of John, right? (laughs) But we've got to go there as the family of God. There's no family without love. I don't care if you've read this section of scripture a million times. This is power onto the church of Jesus Christ. As the Lord goes into talking about I am the true vine and you are the branches and talking about abiding in him. Let's skip down to verse 9 in chapter 15 as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Stop right there. If you don't have this passage underlined in your Bible, get something out, borrow a pen from somebody. You need to underline this. If you got your phone, highlight it. If you don't have an account with YouVersion, sign up right now, highlight it, text it to yourself. I don't care what you got to do. You need this chapter in your life today. You want to come into freedom? Walk in the fullness of this. Allow the revelation of the Holy Spirit to come into your life and bring, bring that understanding verse 11. Let's take a look at that one more time. I'm going to read it a little bit slower so we can maybe get something. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, you have a capital M in your Bible? Mine mine is a capital M. My joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Do you see that relationship right there? that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Verse 12, and I'll go back to it. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. We can continue on in a moment, but just looking at those verses Do you see how the love, how the joy of God comes into your life, how his joy comes in you and becomes full? How does it happen? We just read it. This isn't a trick question. I want you to receive this revelation, so I'm not giving it to you. Somebody needs to understand, how do you receive his joy, and how does this joy become full? What's that? He speaks joy to us. That's, That's part of it. Read the next verse keep his commands. Love each other. Love each other. That is his command is to love one another as I have loved you. As you love one another, my joy comes in you and your joy becomes full. That's how it should be written. Do you receive that? Do you understand that revelation? That's powerful this morning. I don't know. I could dance with that. Maybe you don't, maybe that doesn't mean a whole lot to you. But I'm telling you, family of God, as we love one another, as we serve one another the way that he served, as we operate in his commandments that he commands us to love, to lay down our lives for our friends, no greater love can we experience than this. Not to simply just die for the sake of dying, not to be a martyr because I have a martyr complex, but it's to say, I have so much love that I will go to any length to provide and to serve the, my, brother and my sister. That as a father, I will give my life for, the, for my children. As a mother, I will take the bullets for my children. As, as, as a family of God, as a brother, as a sister, we will do whatever it takes to see those around us conquer and come into victory. Love one another and your joy will be his joy. And in fact, your joy will become full. You need joy today? All you got to do is love one another. His message is so simple. It's not easy to do at times, but all we have to do is receive and walk in it. Obey him. Love me. Love me. If you love me, you truly love me. The one that stinks, you're going to sit next to. Come on, some of you need to hear that. The one that constantly comes to your house and breaks something. You need to keep on inviting them in. I understand stuff costs money. I understand that causes pain in the pocket and pain in the heart, pain in the mind, pain later on. I won't mention the other pains you're thinking of. I know you. (laughs) Lord, redeem us. (laughs) Wash over us with your blood. You understand what I'm saying? These are natural things, but it's just representations of what goes on in our heart. The Lord doesn't command us to simply do, 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 do do this, do that, do that. And that shows your love. No, he says love in this way, love in the way that I have loved you. I came onto the scene. I saw somebody that was sick. What did I do? I had compassion on them and I healed them. I found out where their heart was, and I spoke into them so that they didn't just become free in their natural body, but they became free in their heart. They became free from the power of sin. I told them, go and sin no more. When you walk on the scene with your brothers, I understand we don't have the power to, for us to say one to another, hey, hey, I set you free from sin, go and sin no more. But we can reiterate the words of Christ as his spirit is in us and say, Christ tells you, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. There's power in that. The Lord doesn't just want us to come to freedom so that we fall back into slavery. But even if we do, even if we do, a thousand times over, the Lord is speaking to his children saying, how many times do I forgive? How many times do you forgive? How many times? 70 times? 70 times seven? Until, keep on forgiving. Keep on forgiving. Why? That's, that's because that's the way that God forgives us. Doesn't mean we have to hit restart every time. Doesn't mean now we have to restart the load. Sometimes the Lord resets us. Yes, he does. But the Lord would much rather us just continuing on and allowing him to do his work because he's the only one that sets us free from sin anyway. There's not some other application of blood that all of a sudden makes us more holy. The blood sets us free. It doesn't mean we don't have to repent doesn't mean that we don't have to come into a changing and a transition in our mind and in our heart because sometimes our mind begins to wander. Or we're prone to wander as humanity and we're prone to desires that come in the way of God's desires for us. We do have to change, we do have to repent, but God gives us the grace to do so. His grace empowers us to do that. Hallelujah. Verse 15. No longer do I call you servants. Listen to this. No longer do I call you servants for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And whatever you ask in the father in my name, he may give you these things. I command you that you love one another. All of this wrapped up in us loving one another. How are we going to truly build community? It's not by having a great structure. It's not by having constant fellowships in the natural, even though these things are great. Even though we're calling out and telling you, men of fire, sign up for the fish fry. It's not the fish that's going to make you holy and sanctified. It's not the simply getting together that's going to change something. It's, It's when you get there shoulder to shoulder, the spirit can have his way. The spirit can begin to create bonds of peace. He can begin to connect and bring strength when you don't have strength. When you don't know what to do and all of a sudden you don't know how to even articulate it, but you have a conversation, somebody's sharing their testimony and they have the answer for you. You just didn't even realize you had to ask that question. It happens as you get together. We must never forsake the assembling of the saints. Not in worship, not in communion, not in a daily way with us, those of us that have similar affinities going through the same things in life, and those across the generations, we need each other. We need the old men and the old women to be able to tell those that are younger how to walk and live life out, that have been tried by the fire and have seen the victories and even those that are older that have never seen the victories that need the encouragement of those around them and the strength and the vigor of the younger to say, hey, let's go at this together. Let's go at this together. Maybe you haven't seen the victory, but we want to see the victory, so let's do this together. I was at uh, the, the, the pool yesterday, the community pool with my, my children. I'm almost done. And uh, we, were, we had a 4th of July celebration for the community, and they, had, they decided to do these relays. Uh, my kids have been on a swim team, so they've been at this for a while, and they're really good. You know, they they, they know how to do the laps around the pool. I haven't been doing that 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 practice. <laughs> I like watching them, cheering them on. Good job. You know, it's awesome. And you like, I like to float around the pool. That's cool. I like to swim a little bit, but I'm not, I was I wasn't in the endurance mode. I can do it. I can do it. I just haven't done it. So in any case, that's the foundation for the story. They decide to have relays and they grab all these old guys and kids together and stuff like that and just a whole community together trying to trying to do relays back and forth in the pool, you know, four people to a team and you go through this and so I'm up there first heat going against my son. It was awesome. I couldn't dive very well. He's got it down. He's like, he's like a fish. Awesome. But I did good that first time, that first heat. I caught up to him. We we about tied in that in that, that first heat. It was pretty good. And then they say, Okay, we gotta do another heat, and I was like, Oh Lord. I was good for that first time. I could sprint that first time, but I don't have the endurance to be able to do it that second time. I'm still trying to catch my breath. I'm speaking to the fact that, yeah, I understand that, you know what? The Lord alarms me and says, you know what? You got to take better care of your body. Sometimes we need to do that. Sometimes as family, we need to encourage us even in those ways, eat better, live healthier, all that kind of stuff. Anyway, the point of the story is that second time for my son who had been doing this all along, who's got life in him and energy that comes from I don't know where, that first heat was a warm-up for him. For me, that first heat was a crusher. <laughs> so that second heat, I was out of breath and gasping for air, trying to get across the pool while he's going, he's beating me by, by body lengths, you know, at the other end. We didn't win that second heat. He won that that second heat and he was happy. I beat my dad, I beat my dad. I'm like, you sure did. <laughs> The point of the story is the fact that sometimes we need that strength and that encouragement from that younger generation to keep us going. I don't even have to win. Why? Because he won. That's pretty awesome, right? I celebrate his win. We did it together. He went harder and faster because he wanted to beat me. Do you understand? There's a relationship that's there that we need each other. We need each other. And sometimes that happens. That happens in the spirit. We need to constantly encourage one another, lift each other up. Those of you that I've been in contact with saying, hey, we need to have some life groups that are establishing and being formed." I asked you if you want to lead one of these. I want you to sincerely say, hey, you know what? Now's the time. Now is the time for us to come together and get and conquer the loneliness, to conquer some of these things that are going on. Recognize, yeah, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah, we're not going to do everything perhaps 100% correct. We're not going to be all spiritual 100% of the time. But I believe that there will be transformation and the Lord will cause us to grow as we come together. If we have that heart motive, to allow our words to be pleasing, to say that, you know what, why why do we get together not just to have fun, even though we need to have fun, but we get together to love one another. His joy will be full in our midst. Healing will come to our physical bodies. Healing will come to our emotions. Resources are shared, not because we feel it's a duty or a service as a Christian, but because we begin to love one another. That's family. That's what family is family isn't oh you know what i had intim- intimate relations and now i have a child and so i have to i'm i'm obligated to pay for that child that's what the world would say there's a whole lot more to it than that there's a whole whole lot more to it than that there's a whole lot more to family than this <laughs> but this is a good start friends would you stand together with me i want the worship team to come And I want the prayer team to come up this morning. I know you've got many plans, probably this afternoon, barbecues, all that kind of stuff, different things to take care of. Some people probably already had to step out and do that. And I honor you for doing that, I do. But in this moment, there's some that are hurting among us. There are some that need life and encouragement today. I spoke on loneliness for a reason, not because of things that I know of, but because the Spirit of God has pricked my heart today. Because he wants us to recognize he's calling us higher he's calling us to a place of freedom he's calling us to a place of treasure of treasuring him and allowing his joy to be perfected hallelujah hallelujah father we thank you so much for who you are Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you do, that you reside in us. Jesus, we thank you that you are the one that we have prepared ourselves for. We are your bride. You are our king. You are the lover of our souls. We thank you for this kingdom family relationship. Lord, and I thank you that by your spirit, you are forming and forging life and family in this house, God. Lord, I pray that it would be more than words that we say you are placing the lonely and families inside of Fire Church. Lord, I thank you that the lonely within our that are experiencing loneliness and depression and anxiety, Lord, by your spirit, cause them to come into that place of experiencing life and joy and freedom. Set us free by your spirit, God. We thank you for it today have mercy on us. Those that are here in relationship, those that are here that are single, those that are here, Lord God, that have experienced pain for year after year after year. Lord, we're asking that you would begin to move and breathe in this house, fresh life, that you would never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, let the wind of heaven begin to flow in this house. Let it begin to swirl, Holy Spirit, to allow us to come to that place where our head is lifted higher. Our legs are filled with strength. Our arms can be lifted high in adoration of the King of kings and the Lord of glory who comes to wrap us in love, to wrap us with authority, to wrap us in truth and enchant us with the dreams and desires he has. Lord, your desires are so much greater than the desires we have for us. Your desire for this kingdom family is so much better than what we can imagine with ourselves. God, bring us in so that we can go out and express that to those around us. We can partake partake in that mission to obey your commands and love one another as you have loved us. God, move in this place move in this place if that's you today there is no shame in this place today because like I said 80% of people have experienced loneliness in this past year probably 100% of us at least once I know many of you dealing with this maybe on a a deeper level we want to pray for you today if you want to come up I want you to come and receive prayer from this prayer team we're going to go to war we're going to go to battle for you but more than anything we're going to express love to you We're going to express acceptance to you. We're going to continue to war in the spirit even after we leave this place and continue to intercede that the loneliness continues to break and can never return. That the Lord places the lonely in families. Jesus, Jesus, have your way. You can just begin to come as we we close in a time of worship and adoration to God and allow this to be an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can move. Maybe you're a little scared or timid to be able to come out. I understand, sometimes we need to take a step, take a step to come out of bondage. There's others of you, maybe your family's on your right and your left, and they know some of your story, so you don't have to repeat it. You feel like, I can't come up to the front because I can't share my whole story in in 30 seconds. Your family's around you, you need to pray one for another. You need to begin to pray right now that the grace of God would begin to bring victory over the chains that that, that are in our minds, the chains that close our mouths, the chains that keep our feet from moving in victory in joy. Oh Lord, that your joy would be in us. Your joy and our joy both together would be full. Have your way in this place, God. Have your way in this place, God. Make us one as you and the Father are one. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let's worship together.